This is episode 418 of the AWS podcast, released on January 10th, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisure here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by two very special guests today. Firstly, I'm joined by Kartik Dalal, who is the product manager for a brand new service called Amazon Monotron. Welcome to the podcast, Kartik. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on. And I'm also joined by Brant Swidler, who is the product manager for another new service, which is Amazon Lookout for Equipment. Welcome to the podcast, Brant. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on here. Now, both of you are talking about sort of interrelated topics, but we're going to start with Amazon Monotron first. So besides having a name that reminds me of some kind of robot, <laughs> I am Amazon Monotron. Uh, Kartik, tell us about the new service and, and what you're solving for. Sure. So Monitron, Amazon Monitron is an end-to-end system for equipment monitoring. It allows our customers to detect abnormal equipment con- condition enabling them to do predictive maintenance and reduce unplanned downtime. The service is an end-to-end offering. Uh, it includes everything from purpose-built sensors that measure vibration and temperature data, a managed gateway that transfers the data from the sensors to AWS securely, and then an ML-based service in the cloud that analyzes the data to detect abnormal conditions. And finally, it also includes a mobile app that is used to do two things. One is to receive alerts and insights on abnormal conditions. And secondly, it's used to set up the devices and get them online. So this is really interesting because I think, you know, as, as long as we've been talking in the modern era about machine learning and predictive analytics, et cetera, have been talking about applying that to, to machines because they tend to generate vast amounts of, of data and also have operational uh, parameters in which they should be. And then we want to know when they're not. Uh, tell us some of the features that, that you thought about around Amazon Monotron to make it really useful for, for that use case. Absolutely. And, and to begin with, I think what, as we do with most of our products, right, they're built working backwards from our customers. And, and to do that, we need to understand the pain points they, they have today uh, with, with some of the existing solutions out there. So so if you if you want to start doing predictive maintenance for any equipment out there, right, uh, you you need to you need to build those solutions, and there's a lot of complexity involved in that. Uh, at at the very beginning, you have to install expensive sensors because uh, by some stats, right, uh, a good percentage of of equipment out there do not have sensors already, and and so there's there's a good good chance that you know for the machine or the equipment you want to monitor, you first need to begin by collecting the relevant signals. So first step is that, right? Next, once you install the sensors, you need to build the infrastructure and the pipeline to capture and securely move the data to AWS. You know, capturing data and storing it is just the first step, right? Uh, uh, the key is to interpret the data, to, to analyze it. To do it accurately, you need to apply machine learning, which means you have to invest in, in the scarce talent. And then finally, you know, once you detect something off of this data, interpret it, you need to also build something which is end user oriented, where you need to alert these end users who can go and investigate these issues and take corrective actions. So if you think about it, right, there are a lot of challenges along the way in order to just detect an issue with a machine. And and it takes companies months and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on the scale. And so what 
we've done with Amazon Monitron is try to make this extremely simple and cost effective. And so some of the features that we've included are, you know, the sensors and gateways are wireless, they are fully managed, which means that in order to install them, the wireless natures allow you to get going without any complex cabling. And and, and the fact that they're pre-configured and, and fully managed means you don't even have to write a single line of code to get started with this. You can be up and running in a matter of few minutes. Another key feature we offer is the machine learning uh, under the hood, right? Uh, coupled with some of the industry standards, specifically the ISO 2816 standard. What we've done is we've taken years of our understanding of how to monitor these machines in our fulfillment warehouses and put that into the analytics here and try to offer something that's out of the box for our customers. Third is there is there are these notifications, you know, we deliver as part of the mobile app. This is a very key feature, right? Because you could have data or you could analyze it, but if you're not communicating it to the right set of people, mm. then it's Nothing happens new. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is where we have this feature of time, the notifications all inside the app. And so people can can view it and take actions. And finally, but not the least, right? Uh, what we offer as a, as a key feature is this support for adding feedback in the app. So imagine, right, we raise alerts. It could be that, you know, those are not relevant alerts for our customers. And so what we have within the app is an ability for users to give feedback on those alerts. And what we do is we treat those feedback as labels to retrain the model under the hood and deliver improving performance. And that's the beauty of the system, right? It's continuously improving, continuously improving on the software side with regards to machine learning, but also on the hardware or the device side, right? Uh, these devices that you put in the field, they can be remotely upgraded with over-the-air updates. And what that means is even after you install these devices, right, you can benefit from continuously improving capabilities of these devices over the life of the installation. So one of the great things about this is that ability to retrain the model and train it ongoing, because that, that's often something that a lot of organizations struggle with because there's a, there's a different practice of retraining a model compared to the original training of the model. And yet Monotron can just do it automatically based upon what's happening in the local environment that it's monitoring. So you're getting a better feedback loop very, very quickly, plus you're improving the quality of the service itself because you're upgrading it over time for customers. So they should be getting a, a better, uh, more accurate outcome ongoing as they use it. Absolutely, yes. And that's the, that's the whole thing around this feedback loops, right? And, and, and what we're also doing is we are, we are, we're putting these feedback loops in front of the actual end users. What, what that allows you to do is actually have these models tune those equipment. Also, this tuning is influenced by the end users. So we're taking the power of machine learning and putting it in the hands of these end users in some way, if you think about it. So it's that augmented machine learning that uh, seems to be the sweet spot for many of these problem domains. Yes, that's true. And one of the, the things I have to call out is one of my favorite parts about this announcement is I think from memory it's the first AWS announcement I've seen that includes reference to Loctite as part of its employment for the solution. So this really is an end-to-end hardware and software combination, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. And it is uh, the beauty of this is it's targeted to a, an application, which is a, actually the most talked about and, and probably the number one use case in the industrial IoT world. Uh, it's this application of equipment monitoring and predictive maintenance, right? And what we've built is something that customers can get started with in a matter of minutes. And to do that, we have to get to that level of detail in that, you know, these are the devices that you're going to put. 
How are you going to put them? You're going to use a Loctite, stick them to your machines. How are you going to configure them? You need an app. Use the app, use the Bluetooth settings, use the near field communication, get these devices online. Once you once you get these devices online, you want to get alerted. You have the notification. So, so we've thought of this from the perspective of the end user. And we've, we've, we've tried to understand what are those pain points that they face and how can we help them address those pain points. And that's where Monitron was, Amazon Monitron was born. Uh, and then and, and, and the good thing here is what we've also done is actually tried to also see that we solve this well enough for a certain set of equipment, right? Or certain kinds of equipment. And Monitron, uh, the, way, the way to think about this is very applicable to this rotating equipment where vibration and temperature that, that these devices capture are good and leading indicators of the health of the equipment. And so what we've now done is basically made it very simple for our customers, right? Uh, out there, uh, industrial customers. Like if, if you have rotating equipment, you don't have to think a lot, right? You buy these devices. We also, in our guidelines, have have some illustrations on where you can attach them. Use the Loctite, use the app, configure it. Boom, you're up and running and you start monitoring this equipment. Yeah, I like the getting started experience being so fast. And just for, for our listeners, this is currently available in US East North Virginia. It will be available in additional regions soon. And you can buy the Amazon Monitron starter kit sensors and gateways on Amazon.com and Amazon Business. And these are available for purchase currently in the US, UK and EU. How do you recommend people get started? Do they, do they start small? Do they start big? And, and what's the pricing model look like? Yes, that's a very good question. So let me first quickly touch upon the pricing and then I can share how we've seen customers get started. So on the pricing model, there are two key components, uh, the devices and the service. So the devices are priced upfront, which customers pay as a one-time cost. Uh, the sensors are priced at $115, which is priced at $140. And what we've done is we've packaged this into flexible options. So one of them is a starter pack, which has five sensors and a gateway, which costs uh, $715. And another uh, SKU is just a gateway by itself, which is $140. And then the third option is you buy a pack of five sensors, which is $575. So that's on the device side, right? It's upfront uh, one time. And then on the service side, you are charged pay as you go. There are no long-term commitment, no upfront fees there. You charge pay as you go. You're charged from the time you bring these devices online, the sensors online, and you charge only for the period of time the sensor is online or in use. And the fee is, uh, the service uh, charge is $1.50 per sensor per year. And so if you, for some reason, use only for six months, you'll be charged $25. And so you'll get prorated for the period of time you use the service for a sensor. Uh, so this is this is the pricing model and the packaging. In terms of getting started, what we've seen most common Customers basically they start with a starter kit. That is their way to evaluate the product, to see the value for it, and understand you know what kind of application this could be useful for. And once you identify that, you can scale it. And in order to scale it, you can buy packs of five sensors and then mix and match with um, the gateways. And that's how we've seen customers get started. And again, you can buy these devices on Amazon.com or Amazon Business and across these different marketplaces. And then once you get you receive them, uh, you need to do a quick setup on the console. But after that, everything can completely be done inside the app, and it's it's easy and simple. So it's a, it sounds like a really interesting way to to get going and that sort of end to end thing. But we've been talking about 
I guess, monitoring equipment and machinery and in, in industrial things. And so, Brent, I want to come across to you because you're joining us today to talk about Amazon Lookout for Equipment. So as I mentioned at the start of the show, an intersection here. So maybe tell us about your service and contextualize it for us in terms of what we've already spoken about. Sure. So what Kartik mentioned was going through the product Monotron, which is an end-to-end system for vibration and temperature. However, when you start to explore the industry and applications a little bit further, you start to see other companies in certain industries that have already started generating a lot of data from their equipment, whether that's process data um, that's being stored in some process historian or condition-based data, such as the vibration, vibration sensors. These companies want a way to be able to build models with the data that they've already generated, as opposed to starting off with an end-to-end system. So that's where Lookout for Equipment was born as a methodology for companies to bring their own data into uh, AWS and build a model to learn the the behavior patterns of their equipment. So it's kind of, I've already got some form of monitoring in place, but I want to do it better and maybe a better scale and, and, and again, have that machine learning do the magic because <laughs> that's what it does at scale really is that that magic of detecting the anomalies etc i mean you know as humans we're really good at seeing common patterns but give us vast amounts of information it can be hard to pick things out whereas amazon lookout for equipment is really about finding those those little things that start to happen that indicate something bad's going to happen down the track you know that's exactly right right and so what what uh, what lookout for equipment really focuses on is multivariate relationships. So, um, you know, some of those patterns as you start to look across a lot of different sensors or inputs, we look for relationships across a lot of those sensors that can denote the behavior of the specific asset. And, you know, as, you know, you scale from a couple sensors to, in some cases, we've seen up to 300 sensors on a specific asset, the relationship becomes a lot more complex that really can only benefit from ML approaches to learn the, those patterns. Yeah, I think that it's interesting that the scale the service operates on, it's, it's you know, tens of thousands of different algorithm combinations and multivariate models. It, it expands really fast. But is this something that replaces what I already have or does it help or does it, like, does it do both? How, how does it fit? Yeah, so the companies that have already started generating a lot of data, they you know, it's, it's some spectrum of, of getting to more advanced analytics. At the one end of the spectrum of the most simplistic versions where uh, they do a single variable analysis, which is really looking at like something like temperature or pressure or vibration alone and saying that I'm reliant on this one variable to help me detect issues. And if this, if this temperature value goes above or below a certain threshold, I can set off an alert and we can look into the piece of equipment. As you start to get more advanced, there's other companies that start to invest heavily in physics-based modeling, which is where an engineer or you know an OEM, someone who created the equipment, actually sits down and writes an equation, a physical equation of how they expect the machine to operate. And that's the second version of modeling that books do. So we are meant to augment on top of that. Lookout for equipment uh, is a a little bit more of an advanced methodology because what we do is we take in the historical context of the equipment's behavior, as well as labeled examples of failures or or downtime events that have occurred. 
So one of the one of the key aspects here is that via using uh, these ML techniques, we're able to learn the multivariate relationships custom to the asset and its unique operating conditions. So in this case, you know, multiple assets running in many different areas of the world, um, we're able to build customized models that learn the behavior of those assets specific to the operating condition at which they're in. And I think that's really interesting that that customization, but also the complexity, because I, I think you can use up to data from 300 sensors to train one model. So suddenly you've got a, a lot of different data feeds coming in to potentially create quite a sophisticated and, and retrainable model. Yeah, for sure. So the, the, the dimensionality of the problem is definitely not lost. As you start to scale up the number of inputs, it becomes a lot more complex. And we've been working with equipment of up to 300 different data tags or sensors coming off of them at any given point um, to learn those patterns of, of behavior. And what are some of the, the types of uh, equipment and sensors that you see this fitting and, and what it's been used with? Sure. Um, yeah. So a lot of the equipment that we've focused on to date, the way I define it is equipment that operates in somewhat of a continuous fashion and with limited variability in its operating condition. So this mostly focuses on areas of process industries. You can think about like refineries or power generation or process manufacturing, chemicals, and all of those sorts of applications where, you know, pumps and motors and gearboxes and whatnot can operate in somewhat of a continuous fashion in operating on the same process. The reason for that is because as you confine the number of operating conditions, we can get to a much more robust definition of the normal behavior of a specific asset. Now, inside of these industries, depending on the sensors, there is a wide variety of different inputs. And you'll hear me, I think you heard me say earlier, the difference between sensors and tags. Um, I use those terms interchangeably. But essentially, the type of data that we're working with can be processed data uh, generated from, from a PLC, such as like temperature and RPMs and flow rates and all of those sorts of things, as well as condition-based data like, uh, like vibration data and all of that sort of stuff. So there's a wide variety of inputs that can be used in any single model. And, you know, if, if, if you've ever watched any of those uh, online videos of catastrophic machinery failure, um, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll see at some point, um, yeah, it tends to be working completely normally, then suddenly something happens and bad stuff starts to happen, including smoke, flame and mass destruction, which is not obviously not good from a safety perspective, let alone an operational perspective. But the question is, can I use this for sort of a real-time analytics feed. So, you know, I can detect something going bad so that I can take some form of corrective action before the really bad stuff happens. Yeah, for sure. This is actually meant directly to be a real-time analytics solution. So using the service in, in AWS, we have a, an ability to build that model and walk you through that workflow. And it's an automated machine learning approach. But as soon as you're happy with your model, there's a very easy setup to get it for real-time inferencing. So in this case, you would be able to then get output that shows in near real-time how the equipment is performing and if it's in one of those known behavior states or if it's exited one of the known normal conditions and, and uh, if, it, if it's entered into some abnormal state that then needs to be actioned upon. Very nice. So we should see less of those videos online is what you're saying. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> Yeah. And how, do, how can customers anywhere use this and how would they get started? Yeah, so as of right now, we are launched in a preview, in a, in a limited preview. So just going to uh, aws.amazon.com uh, slash lookout for equipment, we should be able to see that and, and just sign up. There's a simple 
question and answer. And we'll go through that list and start allowing customers it. Fantastic. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what customers do with it because I think with with all the new services we launch, we, we often learn way more once it gets in the hands of our customers because uh, they're far more creative than we could ever be. It's really fascinating to see that. Brand, thanks for coming on the show and uh, telling us all about it. Yeah, thank you. And Kartik, thank you for coming on and, and talking to us about Amazon Monotron and all the cool things that we can uh, now apply to our manufacturing environments. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place for that. And until next time, keep on building.